You are listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. I'm Dr. Laura Mock, the life coach for busy dentists. This podcast explores how to feel better in all aspects of our lives so that we can be our best leaders. If you have been feeling stressed about being the owner of your practice and you want to change what you are getting at work and in your personal life, you are in the right place. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of my podcast. I'm Dr. Laura Mock, and I'm here to help you have a better life and to enjoy leading your practice and just overall have more peace with your decisions and what's happening in your life. How are you doing, by the way? It's the middle of September here. Um, COVID's still going strong through the country, but I feel like everyone's sort of like settling into a new routine with all the COVID stuff. I myself am completely used to wearing a face shield now and all the extra layers of stuff on my head. In fact, I find myself just kind of wearing the shield all day long because if I take it off and then put it back on, it gets all foggy. Um, so it's the middle of September here in Iowa. We are, our corn fields are starting to get harvested. The soybean fields are turning orange, not orange, yellow. I already harvested my own popcorn that I grew this year. That was kind of fun. And I just started doing orange leaf fitness. Have you guys done this? I've been doing a lot of um, rowing. So my gosh, my my abs are so tired. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, every time I get on the rower, I'm like, this is a good exercise for me to be doing. This is healthy for dentists and other people in dental industry. So if you haven't tried the rower, that's a, that's a good one for like our profession and strengthening all these core muscles that we use all day long when we're, when we're bending and stretching and all that stuff. So anyway, I'm just wondering how you guys are doing. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy my episode today. I have a little thing prepared. I guess it's not really a, a speech, more like a lesson. I'm going to be talking to you today about my three favorite things about myself. (laughs) I'm not going to be, I mean, some people might interpret it as bragging, but I feel like it's really good for us to talk about and recognize what we are good at, right? And then when I'm done with that, I'm going to tell you my favorite things about you. Yes, I'm talking about you, my listeners, I know a lot more about you guys than you think I do. So I'm going to be, first I'm going to talk about myself, the things that I think I'm good at, and then I'm going to talk about you, and then I'm going to give you an invitation. Okay, so without further ado, let's start with my little list. The first thing that I love about myself is that I am a strong person. Now, there, I'm going to separate that into two separate um, categories because I am physically strong and I'm mentally strong. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about both. Now, when I was raised, I was in a low income house and my mom had seven children. She did not have time to exercise or to teach me to exercise and to value, um, any type of physical movement. She was just trying to get everybody fed. That was her main goal. And she did a great job, by the way. She Um, encountered many obstacles in raising us and she got it done and I have to say her children are amazing 
Um, I shout out to my siblings. Love you guys. But I grew up kind of like afraid of physical exertion. Like the first time I mowed a lawn was when I was in my 30s. Um, that's kind of an example. I never got on a bicycle. Um, not since I was a kid anyway, because I used a bicycle for getting around town when I was little. But when I got divorced and I had a little bit more time on my hands and a little bit more thought about my own health, I learned how to make myself stronger and I built my muscles up and I built up my ability to have cardio endurance and to run and I did a little triathlon and I did a couple half marathons and I even did a bikini contest where I got up and like flexed my muscles, <laughs> which are mostly covered now in soft layers of padding. Not a ton of padding, just, you know, I'm not really bikini contest ready at this point, but I can strong. I can, I can squat and I can lunge and I can do push-ups and planks and stuff like that. And it feels good to have a strong body. So I really like that about myself. I'm also mentally strong. I have overcome so many obstacles in my lifetime. And so when I encounter another new obstacle, what I do is I sort of reach back into my past and I reference the things that I have overcome. And that includes, um, you know, being raised in a family where the girls were taught not to aspire to a career, but to just look to motherhood for all of their fulfillment as an adult. Um, of course, growing up in a low-income home, going to dental school, getting into dental school as a mother, and then going to dental school as a mom and having a baby in dental school, um, and then of course getting divorced and being a single mom, which is no small challenge, and then just overcoming that socioeconomic expectation of where I was and where I am now. Oh, and just overcoming, not overcoming, but overhauling my practice. And it's such a wonderful place to be and to work now. And I did all those things and I recognize that I am a strong person and whatever's coming next, be it COVID or locusts or blood in the river, whatever it's going to be that hits me, I am ready. It's let's bring on the challenges. And I really like the fact that I'm strong, that I can believe that I'm strong. And I, um, I treasure that about myself that I believe in my own strength. All right. So that was my first one. My second one is that I am an excellent listener. And I'll tell you what I learned this about myself. After I got divorced, I really, when I, the first time I got married, I really didn't do a lot of dating. I hadn't really gotten to know very many people or even like myself, because you probably know when you're dating, you get to know yourself even more than you get to know the people around you. And, um, I started going on these dates and you know we'd have dinner or drinks or whatever and the first time a guy said to me I just feel so connected to you you just really understand me I was like wow maybe this is the one because we just really understand each other <laughs> that one didn't work out and by the fourth or fifth time a man told me I feel so connected to you you just understand me so well I was like oh, okay I see what the common denominator here is and it's me I have a talent of being able to listen to a person to distill what they are telling me and say it back to them in a way that they're like, yes, that is what I mean. And actually, that is one of the reasons why I became a life coach. I was talking to another female dentist of mine 
um, a, a colleague of mine, and she was like, Laura, you have a really good talent of hearing what I'm saying and making me feel heard and understood. And you should be um, monetizing that, is basically what she said. And actually, she's a client of mine now, so that's kind of fun. Um, and so what I've done to magnify that ability to listen to people, first of all, like I said, I took the coach training and now I'm way beyond where I was before where I can hear what you're saying and I can tell you what your brain is doing and I can show you how what's that, what that is creating in your life and we can walk around figuring out what we want to do instead if it's something that's undesirable. And then I also use it in my practice. So my brand um, for my practice is We Listen. That's what our tagline. And every time a new patient comes into the office, the very first thing that I do is talk to them in the consult room and give them a chance to tell me whatever it is they want me to know about themselves. And once they've done that, then we have trust. And once we have trust, then we can move forward with excellent patient care. So that is my second one is that I am a good listener. I really love that about myself. And my third and last one that I want to tell you about, and it's maybe my very favorite thing, is that I have learned to allow myself to make mistakes. And I don't make it mean anything about me when I realize that I've made a mistake. I see that I've made a mistake and I recognize that it's a mistake and then I make plans to move on. And actually, I attribute this to my mom that I was talking about earlier where she was trying to feed us. My mom had the attitude that she was not going to micromanage her children. I mean, how could you if you have seven, right? But um, she would always say to us, you can go ahead and mess up now while you're still under my roof and the mistakes are smaller and we'll just deal with them as we go. And as I grew up and then moved out of the house, I noticed that the my peers around me had a harder time if they did poorly on a test or if they had big decisions to make. Um, that I just, I don't know, I was used to making mistakes by then and not making it mean that I was a terrible person. And that ability to make a mistake has allowed me to try things and to go for things that I wouldn't try if I was afraid of being a failure. I mean, even just applying to dental school, you know, I mean, at the time that I decided to apply to dental school, I was not in a cultural place, as in the people in my community expected me to just be home and stay with the kids. Now, I'm not saying that to criticize women who stay at home because it's amazing when they do it. I'm just saying that's what they're choosing. And I had this dream of being a dentist and I didn't have anybody to look up to or to say, yes, you should go to dental school. All I had was my desire to do it and my belief that I could make a mistake and mess up. Um, if, and if it didn't work out, at least I tried. And I have made so many mistakes in my life. <laughs> I know one of these things about my, this podcast is I get to tell you guys about all the things that I've done wrong, right? Um, I have had to redo so many fillings and crowns. Right now I'm in the middle of redoing an implant-supported denture that keeps breaking. Um, I've made bad relationship choices. After I got divorced, I literally, you guys, do not make fun of me about this. I'm being vulnerable here, okay? I literally got engaged to a man who I knew had a criminal history. I did that. 
I've made some poor business decisions. First of all, when I first bought the practice, I was like, well, the way to lead this practice is to make sure that nobody is mad at me. <laughs> that was like my leadership uh, style for at least half a decade. And I've made equipment purchases that I really didn't need or that didn't live up to the hype of the people that sold them to me. Um, just all sorts of mistakes that I've made. I've made mistakes this week. And I just have to tell you, my ability to say, okay, Laura, you messed up. And then just move on or correct, self-correct is one of my favorite things about myself. So those are my favorite qualities about me. And now I'm going to tell you my favorite qualities about you. You're probably thinking to yourself, how do you even know? But you just listen and you see if I'm right, okay? All right, one of the things that I love about you is that you love helping people. Now, how do I know that? Okay, just bear with me for a couple of minutes. First of all, you had a dream and your dream was that you wanted to be a dentist. And as we picture being a dentist, what we do is we, we picture that we are helping people with their oral health and we're fixing their teeth for them. They're doing, doing a job that they can't do for themselves. And you wanted to do that badly enough that you sat through and actively listened to and aced the tests for chemistry, biology, pharmacology. And you know, once you were in dentistry, you set denture teeth for your mannequin just so that you could get to the point where you could actually help people and not just this mannequin, right? And you sat there and you practiced with your handpiece and learned how to do class two preps and learned how to make a pretty temporary crown on number eight and subjected yourself to practical evaluations where people are like, well, I don't like this line angle or this margin is bad or whatever. And you just kept on doing it. And it was because you wanted to help people. And do you remember the first couple of weeks or months of when you were actually finally in the clinic taking care of people? Do you remember how exciting that was? It was like, well, I remember over explaining everything that I was doing to the patients. So, cause I was so excited that I was doing something to help them. And now I'm going to, you know, and I was talking about probing or now I'm going to smooth your filling or I'm going to take an impression. And you know, like my descriptions were way, way over the top because I was just so excited to, to take care of people and you're still taking care of people now. So you're years out of school probably, and you're still spending several days every week keeping up with your goal of helping people. You're teaching them, you're treating them, you're listening and you're leading your practice. So you're also helping your employees. You're doing all those things because you love helping people and you know what? The world needs to have more people like you. And it can be really tiring to be in your position but you are working on it. You are working on being able to better help people and you're working on maybe being less tired or making your life better. And you know how I know that? Because you're listening to my podcast right now. <laughs> I'm so sneaky. All right. Reason number two or thing number two that I love about you. You have a good brain. You got your ass into dental school 
And once you were in, you persevered to the end. And didn't it suck so bad? First of all, you went through all those weeder classes. My biology class that I went to at the University of Iowa literally had 900 people in it. And every time we would have a test, we would be in this big, huge room. And we would answer so many questions because they were short answer. It wasn't even multiple choice. They were short answer. We'd have to show our math. I was like, why is there math in biology? But there is math in biology. And my hand would be falling off by the time I finished that weeder class. Then you got yourself in and you got through all the sucky parts of dental school. You cannot do that without a good brain. And now you continue to perfect your craft because didn't you guys, were you surprised like I was when I was finished with dental school? I was like, now I'm a dentist. Now I just go out and do the thing that I learned how to do. But no, that was just at the beginning of all the things that I needed to learn and practice in my brain every day is solving all these problems. In fact, um, if I get a really hard matrix band down or I finally get a crown to seat that wasn't seating at first or solve any problem like that, I say, oh, it's Dr. Laura, the three-dimensional problem solver. And you guys are doing that too, and that means you have a good brain. And most of you are learning to improve your leadership and they do not <laughs> teach you that in dental school, do they? I mean, by the time you're done with dental school, you know how to do a class two, you know how to cut a crown prep, you know how to wax a number eight, but you don't know anything about teaching your assistant what you want from him or her. You don't know how to motivate your team and keep them all together. You don't know how to look at a profit and loss sheet. It's tricky to learn how to do all these leadership tasks when you are also the main producer and the technician in your business. And that means that I know that you have a good brain and it's one of my favorite things about you. Plus, you're listening to my podcast, which makes me really happy and grateful. All right. My third and last thing that I love about you. You are anxiously engaged in creating your life. I know that when we graduated, we thought that we were pretty much done with the worky part and now we just sort of sailed off into the sunset. But sometime during that first year or two out of school, we realized that our work had just begun and you are still working at it. And I love that about you because it's not easy and we keep thinking we're almost done and then we find out, okay, now is the, the next hard part of my life. Or like, okay, my babies are in diapers, but once they're done with diapers, then things get easier. Uh, no, that's actually not true. But then you go, okay, well, now they're in school, so all I need to do is get them to middle school. Well, that's when you start driving them around all these team sports and things, right? And, oh, well, the next thing's easier, or maybe the next thing will be easier. And just keep holding on and you are creating that ideal practice that you want. Maybe you have a startup, maybe it's a partnership, maybe you purchased from a retiring doc, but no matter what the situation is, there are, will always be things to work on in the practice because it's so many details. It's so many tiny little things that we're trying to manage all at once while we are simultaneously making tooth dust down the hall. 
We're learning how to lead our employees. We're learning the principles of business ownership. We have this practice that we're, we're trying to perfect. And all of this takes energy. And I love that you are creating this value for yourself and for your patients and for your family. And in addition to creating your ideal practice, you're also serving your community. So some of you, like I mentioned, are parents. Not all of you are parents, but some of you are, which takes an enormous effort. First of all, you have to make them in your body, and then you have to raise them. You have to give them rides, and you have to give them hugs and meals and help them with their homework, and later you got to pay their tuition, which is the, the part I'm in right now. I don't even want to admit to you how many dollars I'm spending on tuition this year. It's pretty, it's a lot, but I'm, we're, I'm doing it and you're doing it too. And you're helping the place where you live be a better community too. So some of you are on committees. Some of you are doing church service. All of you are a friend to other people, maybe other dentists, maybe your neighbors, maybe your old high school classmates or your sisters and brothers and friend to your parents. You're you're making connections, you're keeping people held together, and I love that about you. I even have one female practice owner um, friend that I have who today is running for office in her state to try to make her state better. Shout out to you, Nicole Cowles. I just said your name. Good job. I don't know if you're going to win or not. We'll, we'll find out later, maybe by the time this podcast comes out, but I just love that you're doing that because you're doing it to try to make your state a better place. So anyway, I just want to say to each of you, thank you for the ways that you are helping your community be a better place. I love that about you. Now I have a question for you. What is your favorite thing about yourself? I have a challenge for you, and I would love to hear back from you after you do this challenge. You can email me at DrLauraMockDDS at gmail.com or you can go to my website which is thelifecoachforbusydentist.com or you can friend or message me on Facebook. I regularly check my message requests which is when you get a message from someone who is not your quote-unquote friend. I regularly check there because sometimes I hear from potential clients on there. So I'm Laura Mock. Um, more fully, Laura Elizabeth Bailey Mock, M-A-C-H, like Mock Speed, um, on Facebook, and you can reach out to me there or on my business page, The Life Coach for Busy Dentists, on Facebook, and you can reach out to me at any of those places and let me know what you decided your favorite thing is about yourself. And I have a second part to this challenge, and it's so good. I want you to tell a friend, not just me. I want you to tell a friend. And when you tell the friend, you can just say, hey, I was listening to this podcast and I was challenged to tell someone what my favorite part about me is. And I chose you. Is that okay? And then she, he or she will say, yeah, that's fine. And then you'll tell them. And then I want you to tell them something that you love about them. And it'll make their day and get them thinking of some positive thoughts and things that are great about themselves. And that'll feel really good. Scouts honor. Now I'm almost done. I just want to mention that my fall special is still running. So if you have been thinking 
about having someone to talk to, having someone who can understand you and also help you tweak your practice and tweak what you're thinking about to create better results in your life. I am your girl. But your application, in order to get the special, now, you can talk to me anytime. I just have a special that I'm running just to try to lure you guys in here so I can help more people. You have to have your application in before the end of November in order to take advantage of the special, which saves you a third of my fee. So if you're thinking about reaching out, I challenge you to do that too. I would love to hear from you. Even if we just end up talking for an hour, it will be a valuable hour, I promise. And with that, I have nothing further. So I wish you all a good week and a good fall, and I will talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. To download my free workbook on how better leadership starts with your feelings, go to my website, thelifecoachforbusydentist.com, and click on Get Free Help.